Coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society, Patrick and Mark and Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Games Tokyo 2020. It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers. I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Mark Mitchell. We've got a good show for you today. We're going to be talking about the news from the week, including the triumphant return of the best existing Sonic franchise. Fight me on that one. Then on Thursday, we're going to be talking about Yoshi's Crafted World. But Mark, in the meantime, you are Mark Mitchell. I am, and I'm smiling from ear to ear. It's so good to be back. It's great to have you back. Feels so good to hear that music, Mm -hmm. to be here with you, to be here with all of you listeners. Yes. So nice to be back. Um, Also, our cold open, Patrick and Mark and Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Games Tokyo 2020, Mm -hmm. in that like SAT type way, does that mean that Patrick is to Mario as Mark is to Sonic? Am I the Sonic of our uh, dynamic Olympic duo? Uh, Well, here's the thing. Can we both be the Sonic of our? <laughs> you think neither of, of our, us are Mario? Neither of us are Mario. I think I, I like, I feel no, comfortable you, calling you the Mario of our duo. I think what we are, we're both, uh, in reality, we're both the Luigi. <laughs> <laughs> Luigi I, is lovable, though, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. Luigi is lovable, mm-hmm. and we're lovable guys. Yes, absolutely. Um, who do you think would win in a foot race? You, me, Mario, or Sonic? Uh, you okay? Now hold on, because I was gonna the, say Sonic. Uh, yeah, one of the yeah, four of us yeah. is a famously fast. <laughs> He's got to go fast. He's got to go fast. I don't have to go fast. No, but you and I can also drive. That's true. So, so d- depending on distance, <laughs> yes, we might uh eventually overcome. Yeah, I I agree with that. Also, uh, Sonic appears to be fast, uh-huh. right? Um, but like, how tall is Sonic? Oh, that's like, true. You mean in relation to what? I mean, we these are questions for the live action movie coming out later this right, year. Right. Yes. Okay. How tall is Sonic? We will find out. Is he as tall as the Golden Gate Bridge? <laughs> it's it's not clear. It's not clear. Maybe he's tall. Maybe he's fast because he's tall mm-hmm, until like in one mm-hmm, stride. Mm-hmm. He's like Paul Bunyan. Big. Yes, that's right. Accidentally creating the Great Lakes with his stride. Yeah. So yeah. everything in Sonic World, which is Sonic World, just our world. Uh, it depends on, are you playing Sonic 2000? Wait, what's the name of that game? Sonic the Hedgehog 2006? I mean, I think it's just called Sonic the Hedgehog. I think you're right. Mm -hmm. Um, Because that takes place in like the real world. Oh, okay. That's all. What's what's our point here? Look, uh, speaking of Sonic the Hedgehog, which we have been doing for a while now, you can borrow my copy of Sonic Forces. Mark, how easy is it? So easy. Yeah, it's so easy that all you got to do is write your... um, (laughs) <laughs> uh, your mailing address uh-huh. into uh, an email program. Yes. Or a web browser yeah. uh, opened to your email mm-hmm. uh, and send that. The AOL keyword, of course, is <laughs> yes, Sonic is, Forces. That's right. Um, to Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. gmail.com. God, that feels good. <laughs> uh, and we send it to you. You play it for a little while. Uh, you send it back to us. It costs you what? Nothing. It costs you nothing. Um, Mark, a quick debug um, from the last episode. Mm, um, one, 
you know what? I feel fine about this debug because I wasn't here for it. It wasn't my fault. That's. I mean, it was something I was recording literally by myself <laughs> that I neglected to mention. Uh, was, I was going through new releases. I did not mention that Final Fantasy VII came out uh, last week on Tuesday. Um, and, you know, Final Fantasy VII is a very important game to me. I can't believe I missed it on the new release schedule. Um, one thing to point out about this version of Final Fantasy VII, it is almost exactly like the Switch version of Final Fantasy IX in that it includes a music glitch. Um, when you are on the overworld map, the music starts over every time you get into a fight. Um, so much like Final Fantasy IX, if you want to hear all of the world map theme, you just got to sit still for a while. Or I think you can turn off random encounters. Oh, that's in a good point. This version of that's the game. That's a good point. Yeah. But it, this is a real bummer because uh, the overworld theme in Final Fantasy VII is amazing. Yeah. And also like six minutes long or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it's a Stone Cold classic. Um, yeah, and also like I wouldn't really want to... Would I want to turn off random encounters? Uh, you probably could, right? Because... Because you can just like level up manual... Or, like tell it to level up and it yeah. does. But is it... And this is something I guess we should look into, but is it just uh, that you can like level up, just say like gain a level, gain a level, gain a level, or is it just automatically like level 99 it? Mm, I'm not sure. Because that would be too much, I feel. Yeah. Because I don't want, want some sort of challenge. I want some, I want like the illusion of challenge. <laughs> uh, so anyway, um, if you were interested in, in Final Fantasy VII, it's been available for a week, so I... Uh, uh, and for apologize. and like on other platforms for uh, a long time. yeah, but you know we we're being. I mean, first time on, on Nintendo Twitch. platforms. That's pretty crazy. Yeah, that's insanity right there. Um, man, I remember getting a Nintendo Power before the Nintendo sixty four came out, before the PlayStation was out. That was like teasing Final Fantasy seven for the for the new Nintendo platform. Um, and being so excited about it, it's why I bought a Nintendo sixty four. Um. And then it would, didn't end up coming. And that's then why I bought a PlayStation. Like, I followed that, I followed that game on those platforms for that reason. Uh, now, now it's finally here, like 20 years later. All right, Mark, let's get into what we've been playing this week. So while I was gone, I didn't have as much of a chance as I, to play Super Mario 3D Land as I wanted, but what a great game. Uh, so I also played through a lot of Super Mario 3D Land. I mentioned it on the last episode, um, but then I was like, I will hold my tongue because I am certain that Mark has been playing this game. Uh, tell me about your experience with Super Mario 3D World so, Land. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing is that I had never played this game, but I had played some Super Mario 3D World yes. at your house. And I don't think I really understood beforehand, like, how much of the DNA of Super Mario 3D Land was taken and used in Super Mario 3D World. Like, they're very similar games, yeah, just totally. without, like, a uh, multiplayer component. Yeah, and with, like, a little bit less, uh, like, interactive, interesting map. Because mm -hmm. uh, Super Mario 3D World um, does at least give you, like, the illusion of, like, choice as you're moving through um, uh, the world where, like, 3D Land is... Like literally, literally linear. Yeah, and and generally very short. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Short, short worlds and short, short levels. Um, like w within them. Um, how deep into this game, uh, did you get? I think I'm in like the third or fourth world. Okay. 
Yeah, still, still kind of, kind of on the early side. Yeah. Um, I mentioned this last week, but I had um two, like save profiles in in my copy of the game. My copy of the game is what's downloaded on my uh, <laughs> on my 3ds. Um, but two of them that are completely maxed out, like full stars. I had started the game, played all the way to the end, got everything, did it again, and then on this my last trip to Chicago started again uh so i guess i really like this game yeah i normally don't play with 3d enabled yes and i definitely did for this game even though so i'm using an old 3ds xl and it doesn't have any of like the head tracking Mm -hmm. so trying to like get your head in the right place so that way the 3d looks good yeah is a little bit of a pain but worth it because yeah. th- that's definitely how this game was made to be played. Yeah, well, and, like, there are some even, like, puzzles where it becomes difficult to, uh, like, just little room puzzles where if you can't see that something is in the foreground, like, they're trying to trick you and forcing you to turn the 3D on. Um, I also like that it, it uh, does a thing where you can toggle between whether it's, like, the 3D, like, going into the screen or, like, coming, like, mm-hmm. out of the screen. Um which is just nice, and I don't think I've seen it in other games. Like, it, th- this one really has um, some of the best attention paid to uh, the 3D presentation. Yeah, I can't believe that I think this came out, like, six years ago or something yeah. at this point. Yeah, a long time ago. I haven't played it until now, but it's a testament to how great the 3DS's library is. And if you pick up a 2DS, this game's like 20 bucks. Yep. It's awesome. Yep. Uh, a very good game. Um, I've been playing Yoshi's Crafted World, but we will talk more about that on our Thursday episode. Uh, and then I also just want to note, uh, because I feel like it is my sworn duty now, uh, that I have been playing Tetris 99. Um, I have at this point logged over 60 hours between wow. Sarah and I. Uh, over 60 hours in Tetris 99. Um, That's amazing. The game's so good. I can't I, believe that I missed the Tetris 99. I mean, I would not have won anything. But right. I can't believe while I was gone, they did like a Tetris 99 tournament where they gave yeah. gold coins away. Um, and I guess they have announced those winners and people have been have uh, gotten the email saying, here are your gold coins. Sadly, we Sarah and I did not. Um, the like 15 wins or whatever we racked up that weekend was not enough um, to get us uh, 10 bucks. Next time. Uh, if there is a next time, and I'm telling you, Nintendo, there had better be a next time. You do a Splatfest every, like, month and a half. You're still doing uh, party punches, whatever those are called. I think they're called party punches. <laughs> um, all right, that's what we've been playing this week. Let's get into the new releases and what we might be playing next week. Uh, that was funny, but also just to, to clarify that the party punches are the thing from ARMS, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, we we don't know what they're actually called. Uh, uh no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, party punch is pretty good. <laughs> yeah. If it's not they named, should have been if called. If it's not called party punch, no, it, it's not. I'm I uh, I'm sure of it. One of them just wrapped up, right? Uh, and like Ninjara was yeah. the winner. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't, but I don't know what it's called. <laughs> okay. Uh, today, April second, Darksiders Wardmastered Edition comes out for switch so uh darksider that this is the original darksiders yeah. and not darksiders 2 okay did um, darksiders 3 come out is that a game that exists i don't know i'm gonna say yes i'm also it, yeah i think that's right in fact did it come out for wii u at some point no <laughs> it may have it may have um i've never played any of the darksiders games no neither have i this is an interesting release to me because i feel like we've gotten to the point with a lot of these like remasters 
where it doesn't matter that this one's coming late. I think, you know, the War Mastered Edition's been on other platforms. Because it's just like when something comes to Blu-ray or DVD, like at this point, people are just completing, like filling up their libraries. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and like looking for experiences on Switch, right? Like being able to play Darksiders portable. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and that's, uh, you know, still what so much of like the appeal of, of the Switch is. Um, but yeah, I mean, like there are old games are coming into this platform all the time. Uh, and I, I guess people are buying them. Uh, tomorrow, April 3rd, we have Shadowblade Reload and Bow to Blood, Last Captain Standing. I don't know anything about any of these games. Is uh, Bo- Bo to- Bo to Bo- Blood or Bow Bo- to Blood? It might be Bow to Blood. It might I mean, be. We, uh, yeah, I don't I, know. There, there's no way to know. But uh, Last Captain Standing, is that like a cross between Captain Phillips and uh, Last Comic Standing? Or or Last Man Standing, the, oh, the Tim, Tim Allen, Allen. <laughs> Fox sitcom. Uh, which was like canceled and then came back. It was canceled by ABC and then and came then, back on Fox. Like Tim Allen was real cranky about it because he's a conservative in Hollywood, right? And uh, then it went anyways. It's back on Fox. I saw a headline the other day that said um, Tim Allen demands to use the N word. <laughs> that I, feels right to me. <laughs> that yeah. Uh, April demand <laughs> like it's on his rider or something. <laughs> <laughs> no green M&M's. <laughs> right. Lay's potato chips, diet Mr. Pib, and I get to say the N-word. <laughs> and nobody can complain. Uh, okay. April 4th, uh, Pitfall Planet, Hob, the Definitive Edition, um, Smashing the Battle, Modern Tales, Age of Invention. And then April 5th, Dragon Ball Heroes, World Mission, yet another Zombie Defense HD, Circuits, and Zombie Scraper. Um, you know that a development team is excited about their game when they call it yet another zombie defense HD. Yet another? I think it's, you know, supposed to be ironic. It's like tongue in cheek, for yeah, sure. Uh-huh. But, like, it's also... I mean, tongue in cheek. Ooh. It's a zombie. It's just a tongue falling out of his cheek because his flesh is rotting. So maybe not the strongest week for new releases. Or for my jokes about them. <laughs> uh, all right. All right, Mark, let's, uh, let's close out this segment. And now it's time for a regular segment on our show. It's time for 433. In 1952, American composer John Cage wrote a piece called 433, wherein a performer or a group of performers didn't play their instruments for 4 minutes and 33 seconds. For the purposes of this show, our instruments are talking about Nintendo. So, for the duration of one performance of 433, Mark and I will talk about something not at all Nintendo-related, thus fulfilling the contract of the piece. Um, Mark, we have... Uh, you wrote four topics for us before you left. Mm-hmm. Uh, I used three of them because I did not do a 433 with uh, Michael Delaney last week because I did not have it with me. Um, but we have it here now. That's right. And I can't remember what it is. And neither can I. So I'm delighted to find out what we're going to be talking about, which is, oh, what is the longest you've ever been awake and why? Oh, um... I don't really subject myself to any like awakeness torture mm-hmm. <laughs> um, uh, for fun or business. Um, but uh, a couple of years ago, I went to the Del Close Marathon, uh, an, uh, a weekend long improv festival in New York City. Um, and the night before, so like Thursday into Friday, I had taken a red eye to New York from LA. So I slept very little on the plane that night um, and then just like had a normal day 
until like five or six uh, when my my team performed and then uh, stayed up. Li- oh, and I saw you guys, you and uh, maybe Butterfingers McKenzie. Oh, yes, that sounds right. Right. So I mm-hmm. saw so you guys perform um, in like that little like weird basement theater uh-huh. um, and then proceeded to stay up all night watching shows. Um, so like at, you know, five o'clock in the morning was watching a bit show at uh, UCB Chelsea. Um, and then so this was after like an overnight flight where I didn't really sleep and then stayed up all night. So that was that's probably the longest I, I didn't sleep. <clears throat> that's and, a long time. And why? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. You at least had the memories. To, to watch a 37-man sound and movement, <laughs> follow, followed by a one-man sound and movement. <laughs> I would try to describe what a sound and movement is for listeners who are blissfully ignorant. It's, it's, it's like the worst. It, when you have like a bad idea of what improv comedy is in your head, that's what this is. It's where people are just making noises and like moving around a stage and like accepting whatever stage picture is happening without language. Mm-hmm. Um, and here's the thing: they were both great. <laughs> I loved them both. In the right hands. In the right hands, and at five o'clock in the morning after you've been awake <laughs> for forty-eight hours. Uh, Mark, what's the longest you've been, uh, you've ever been awake and why? Um, so I feel like I'm trying to think, um, cause I wasn't expecting to ac- have to actually answer this question. Right. Yes. You, you just wanted to pose <laughs> questions that you yourself would be immune to. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So when I was 19, I, uh, did the Walt Disney World College program. Okay. Where basically you, <clears throat> for like, uh, I guess it's more than a semester. It's like half a year or something. Uh, you go to Walt Disney World and you work in like a specific area mm-hmm. of one of the theme parks or basically just somewhere in the resort. And then you can get like college credit for it. And some people turn that into like an internship or like a career at Disney or something like that. Um, and I like at that time was terrible at waking up on time. Yeah. And, you know, as like a college person, program person you got like terrible shifts and of so course, yeah so i uh, uh, one day i was like closing it was during the summer so i'd worked like a really long day probably like 12 or like 13 hours and then had to take a bus back to like the apartment complex i lived in but i had to get up the next morning to be there at like six so which means i had to be at the bus at like five which means i had to get up at like four thirty. And I knew that if I went to sleep, I would not get up. Yeah. So I just stayed up all night after having like worked that really long shift. And so I, I was young. And so I could like do it, Yeah. you know, and at that point it was basically fueled by Sprite and Reese's uh, peanut butter cups. I couldn't wait to find out if it was going to be peanut butter cups or pieces. <laughs> peanut butter cups. I needed that extra. Yeah. That like, protein. <laughs> yeah. I needed the, the extra protein. Um, and when I, uh, I wore glasses at the time and when I got home, I literally from after like that second day of work. Well, I guess we'll, well, I guess, we'll I never guess know. We will never know. Let's just say I don't wear glasses anymore. That's right. Uh, we were accompanied today. Did they fall in the toilet or something? <laughs> We'll never know. <laughs> we were accompanied today by pianist Kyle Shaw. Thank you, Kyle. Let's do the news. I did that in reverse, <laughs> but let's get into the news. Okay. So um, 
The Wall Street Journal had a report, I think a week or two ago at this point, that Nintendo is getting ready to release not one, but two revisions for the Switch this year. So previously Mm -hmm. we had talked about a rumor that they were going to release a, I think it was in like Nikkei or something, that they were going to release a like cheaper, more portable version. This is the first time that we heard of a pro version being in the works at the same time. Right. And uh, you and I have uh, speculated on both both directions of this. Yeah, I mean we did in, in the past. we did an episode when mm-hmm. rumors of a uh revision first came out like I don't know, a year ago at this point, 9 months or something. Yeah. I mean probably immediately after the Switch <laughs> launched, everyone we knew was, it was going to happen. We knew there was going to be inevitable. another form of it. Uh-huh. Uh so the designs in this article, the designs are said to be, quote, different from the original, and you'd be surprised. Okay. So what does that mean? You'd be surprised. Uh, I think that... They're going to be like tricorders from Star Trek? Yeah, yeah like- maybe that uh, the PlayStation 3 um, demo controller that they the showed boomerang? off. The boomerang? Yeah. The batarang mm-hmm. is going to be coming back. Um, no, I think... Uh, I'm hoping it means that there's a clamshell version. Sure, for you for the like scale ultra down. portable. Yeah, like, um, yeah, that is an underrated uh, part of the 3ds's portability is the fact that you just close it and suddenly it's its own case. Um, the the sc- screen is fine. You don't have to worry about like the joysticks getting like caught on anything. It's fine. But if they did that, I, I've been thinking about this a little bit. If they did and talking about it at work. On company time. Right. Um, and thinking about it a lot. <laughs> <laughs> if they did that, uh-huh. would they have to get rid of the um, analog sticks and replace them with two, like, circle pads? Uh, the thing is, I don't think so. Because, like, if you do a clamshell that, like, folds down over it, you just have to make sure that there is that there are, like, holes where the sticks are. Or, like, some sort of mechanism that when you close the hinge... Ooh, that it, like, collapses? Yeah, like, Ooh, the yeah. sticks, like, uh, collapse into it. Um, and I do think that they, if there is a, a clamshell, first of all, um, I think uh, everyone sort of expects the more portable version of this to not have removable Joy-Cons, right? Yeah. Because um, one of the features that they're talking about not being included in uh, the scaled-on version is the, are the, the HD rumble features, which is you know, not actually in the hardware of the Switch. It's in the Joy-Cons. Um, so to me, that says that Joy-Cons will not be removable. And I think that makes sense. Like, the other thing I was wondering is, do we see a version of this, like, this uh, cheaper version that does not plug into your TV? I, I, like, I, I question what the point of that would be, though. Well, because then they can, like, potentially, not an engineer, I don't know, but, like, clock the chips at a lower... Um, uh, Oh boy! Uh, <laughs> Power, <laughs> yeah, speed. Clock the chips at a lower speed, so that way, better battery life, mm. right? Yeah. Um, potentially cheaper, um, silicon, and it's not like it would be totally unprecedented. Initially, I was like, no, there's no way anything they release that's a switch is also is going to be able to plug into the TV because that's the whole point of the switch. But the, the whole point of the 3DS. Exactly. Yeah. The whole point of the 3DS was 3D and the 2DS did not have it. Right. So, and then many 3DS games also did not have they it. They just didn't bother. But I mean, the, the, the thing where I think the, the Switch is a little bit different is that like, yeah, I can see them selling the scaled down version without a dock. 
Um, but I think as long as it has the ability to charge the same way that it does, um, like as long as it has that USB-C um, input, it may as well be able to plug it into a dock. No, but, but uh, potentially. Yeah. But, then again, but then again, it has to have like a fan or something to be able to, right? Because you're expecting it then to render sure. at the full resolution of a standard switch. I'm, or it doesn't do that. Like, or you can plug it in and just renders at the same rate that it would have on a tiny little screen. Yeah. And you just accept that that's what your ver- that version of the Switch does. I think no matter what, it has to um, run in handheld mode the same way that handheld. Like, I don't think it, there can be a degradation from the, like, graphic and processing power of the Switch right now. Sure. But what it runs in handheld mode. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. is much. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And then just throw that up on the screen. And yeah, it looks worse, but also your kid can play Pokemon on it. So who cares? <laughs> and then the more expensive version, or like the pro version, basically Which, seems like they're doing new 3DS mm-hmm. and 2DS all in one year, allegedly. Right. Uh, which sounds great. They're never going to call it a pro, though. No, I think maybe it'll just be new Switch. Yeah, probably. Um, are you thinking better screen? More screen? Like get rid of the bezel and just have the the screen go all the way to the edges. Yeah, yeah, maybe. I think I think we made a, a pretty compelling list of like things that just need to be fixed on it, mm-hmm. like um, better Wi-Fi, better Wi-Fi, better battery life. Uh, the thing where the battery swells, get rid of that. Um, and then like I don't know, like memory and processing power. And then beyond that, like I I think it's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, de- definitely. Well, no, actually. Um, having more RAM to it so people can actually run voice chat and their games at the same time, I think, would also be important. Um, but uh, yeah, other than that, I, I don't really know what else I'd expect from a more powerful Switch. So I was trying to remember if when the new 3DS came out, um, it was more, it was it more expensive than yes. the standard 3DS? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So do, do you think we're going to see like a $400 Switch? I don't know. Maybe if they are keeping the standard switch in At the 300? mix. Yeah, I don't know. Because I guess like a new, what I've been thinking is that, oh, the new switch takes the place at 300. And if it's ultra portable, do you like, is that secondary one 199? I think, well, so here's the thing. I don't think that there is a realistic price point that is going to be as low as it should be for the, like, kind of budget version of this. Because it's got to be the uh, the Pokemon machine, right? Um, like, the, obviously, the, uh, the 2DS is designed for a great many things, but primarily it is invented so that you can have a cheap system that your kid can play Pokemon on. Or that you can play Pokemon on. I don't mean to be so um, dismissive of, of Pokemon or the 2DS. Um, but like you can get one of those for 80 bucks, 70 bucks. Um and like I don't know even even at like 150 which is seems like a staggeringly low price for a Switch. Um is that cheap enough? Well, that was maybe not the starting price of the 3DS, but that was like when, I think when one, they like knocked yeah. the 50 bucks off or whatever. Yeah, that I was think, like around where I think it, was. it started at 180 uh, and then came down to like 130. And then the like new, uh, the new 3DS started at like 200 bucks. Oh wow! Which uh, is is high. So like I, I don't know. I, I if they can get this thing down to 200 bucks, I think that's good. I think that still makes it a little expensive for a 
uh, children's product. Yeah, for sure. I do think that like 120 would be, or like 150 yeah. would be the ideal sweet spot. But, you know, Nintendo has not had any problem selling Switches at 300. No, that's true. Um, does it seem weird to you at all that the, uh, if, if there is a cheaper version, I guess we should probably accept all of this as like at least relatively true. Um, <laughs> but uh, if there is a cheaper version where the uh, Joy-Cons don't come off, that that means uh, that is basically not compatible with Labo? Yeah. It's weird, right? Yeah. That like if you want a if you want to use Labo stuff, you still need a higher But also like, like Or uh, just buy Joy Cons, I guess. I, oh yeah, I wonder if you can just I wonder if you will be able to pair Joy Con with yeah. a portable version. Or if they are gonna just treat it like a handheld where it's like no. Oh sure. You, you can't at that point. Um but then That's you the would, thing. you wouldn't Loot. be able to play Mario Party, right? Because you have yeah. to detach mm-hmm. the Joy Cons for that. Also, well, it, not not that you have to detach the Joy Cons, but that there have to be Joy Cons for. But you it. can't play in handheld mode, can you? I don't think you can. I think you have to. Yeah, I think that's right. Take them off of the system. But, but I'm saying you could have like the normal Joy Cons that are on there, and then like another set of Joy Cons. Oh, that you sure. Could be using to play. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Um, but to your point about Labo, w- would like a bigger version. Like that also may not work with Labo. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, the thing is, you can't really change the too much about the size of the switch without like the joy cons looking weird on it oh that's a really good point or the dock or yeah, there anything like that um so we have no information <laughs> but Eurogamer, uh-huh they corroborated uh, what the wall street journal's report saying that they've heard that the cheaper version that with the cheaper version nintendo is looking to capture the value proposition for the 2ds which we talked about that it'll be sturdier than the current Switch because they're expecting children to have it. And nothing says sturdy like clamshell. And that it'll be made... uh, They didn't actually say that. I should make that clear. (laughs) Right, that's Mark editorializing. Uh And that it'll be made cheaper by removing features, which we also talked about. Um, But so we've heard it from two sources. Seems... And this is also the second time that... uh, the rumors have like bubbled up to the surface and uh, made us talk about it. So, and they're saying sometime this year. Yeah. Right? Uh, do you think they'll launch hmm. both at the same time, or do you think like the pro one will be launched in summer and then the other one comes out closer to Pokemon? Uh, I mean that is interesting because obviously the the scaled down one is targeted for like the Pokemon audience. What would the scaled up one be just like for? Any for people playing Nintendo? Yeah, or in, there's no game for it as far as I see on the horizon. Well, that's the other thing is that uh, the new 3DS launched with, or at least was announced with three new 3DS exclusive titles, even yeah, if it was not, just like Xenoblade Chronicles, yeah, and then eventually like yeah, it was Xenoblade something, um, and then uh, also like uh, the Binding of Isaac, um, you know, Afterbirth Plus or whatever on 3DS was. Only a, a new 3DS game, right? And you could and only get like the, the SNES. That's right. Games. Um, I'm just wondering if, <laughs> if there's, they did that if here, some sort of exclusive. <laughs> Look, I mean, I don't think they will. But there were all of the that metadata yes. for SS, SNES games in the Nintendo Switch Online and possibly Nintendo 64. We don't know, right? So that would be really funny, Patrick. If they come out with a compelling and cheap enough version like portable version are you gonna buy both of these uh here's the thing 
Kinda. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Because I really would love a hyper portable version yeah. of the Switch. Because on my trip, I did not bring my Switch. Yeah. Because it's just a little too cumbersome. I for didn't a bring lot mine to Chicago. Yeah. Um, but I'm also interested in this pro version. Yeah. Basically, what I'm saying, Nintendo's, if you want like 750 of my dollars, yeah, you can have you them. can have them. Um, but also, I would trade in my regular Switch in a heartbeat. Oh yeah, to, that to, thing's to dead to me as soon as the new one is announced. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I hope that the new one has just like a weird little like camera nub oh, somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's got to have a weird camera DS nub. Does. And I hope it also sh- uh, ships with a uh, a Nintendo Switch shredder, so you can just <laughs> feed your old one right into it. Uh, this 64-bit tonic patch for ukulele is now live. The patch allows players to switch between the regular graphics and models that are more in line with the game's Nintendo 64-era influences, like uh, something that looks more like Banjo-Kazooie and Super Mario 64. Um, have you gotten a chance to, to look at this at all? Uh, I saw a trailer. Yeah. Um, it. I mean, it, true, to, true to its word, it looks as though uh, you are playing a Nintendo 64 game. Um, which was always what uh, ukulele was like aiming for. Um, there were too many uh, sort of like gameplay design flaws uh, in that game for me to really get into it. Um, but I know that that is also coupled with the fact that like the graphics look like they. It's not. It's not what I expect from a game like that. I know it's kind of funny to me. So it also includes a CRT TV mode, which includes like scan lines and screen curves. So it's funny to me that they're solution to that problem is just obscuring yeah how ugly it is yeah yeah and i mean that's you know that that's arguably what made uh pixel graphics work in the first place right is that like you here's this little collection of uh you know mosaic tiles and uh your screen is blurry enough that you're like oh yeah that's a little man <laughs> uh so not enough to get you back into ukulele probably not i had a uh, a pretty negative reaction to it when i started playing it um, and I don't know that I've seen anyone make a case of like, no, go back in and try ukulele. It's worth it. If any of our listeners have uh, had a great experience with ukulele, I'd love to hear it. You can email us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. gmail.com. But otherwise, there's no way I'm going back. Uh, fans who got their hands on the Switch version of Bloodstained Ritual of the Night, which is the new Castlevania-like game that is uh, was crowdfunded and is coming out later this year at... Uh, they were showing it off at PAX East this last weekend, and uh, impressions of the Switch version are not great, it, with U.S. Gamer calling it, quote, choppy and unpolished, and featuring, quote, terrible input lag slowdown and an inconsistent frame rate. So not great. Not great. And now, a few weeks ago when we talked about this game... Um, because they were showing it off in in part of like a the a, either an indie oh, yeah, showcase or, or the direct the direct or something. Um, yeah. you called this Mighty Number no. Nine esque. Yes, which is uh, which at the time I said was really cruel, but is now maybe looking a little uh, uh, prescient. Uh, it's okay to say Patrick was right. <laughs> I think that's fair. I don't think anyone's gonna hold it against you. <laughs> uh. So, U.S. Gamer did also note that a representative from 505 Games said that there was still a lot of optimization that needed to be done for the Switch version, and that the final build is expected to run as smoothly as the PC version. So, I'm guessing, like, the PC version or what other, other versions were there uh, did not yeah, have show the same performance demo poorly. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but, I mean, it's, you know, uh, maybe a, a little troubling to just note that all the rest of the platforms seem to be in pretty good shape, and then the Switch version... 
uh, is chugging a little. For sure. And, you know, anytime there's like a preview event, you kind of give devel- developers the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. That, But they're not always able to like pull off a hat trick. Yeah. And I think especially, well, I don't know. I, I was going to say, especially when like one piece of hardware is so like underpowered compared to the others, but also like, you you have to imagine that like people are going to be looking to play this game on the Switch, right? Like that's the the home of indie games right now. Yeah, you would think so, especially. Uh, but it does make sense now why they like canceled the Vita version not yeah, that totally. long ago. Mm-hmm. Um, a few weeks ago we talked about a new game being teased by Shovel Knight developer Yacht Club. Uh, that game was revealed last week as Cyber Shadow, a ninja ninja action game being developed by one man studio. Mechanical Head Studios. That's, yes, we talked about it. Uh, Kelly and I talked about it two weeks ago. Um, Yacht Club was teasing it with just a, a, a single uh, graphic of the ninjas like standing over a like ruined cityscape. And I said, it's from Yacht Club and it's got a ninja and like pixel graphics. I'm in. Is this the first game the Yacht Club I- games is publishing? Mark, like, I that isn't... just don't know. <laughs> um, the only thing I know Yacht Club, ge- Yacht Club games for is Shovel Knight and the uh, attendant um, And I feel like DLC that was like, the first thing that they ever released. Yeah. And they developed that as well. Yes. I think this may be the first time that they're acting as publisher. I think, th- I think that's right. And, you know, it's, it's nice to see them uh, like pushing something uh, that it isn't Shovel Knight. Mm-hmm. Um, Obviously, they've been, since they were so successful in their Kickstarter campaign for the original Shovel Knight, they've been having to deliver on these, on their stretch goals uh, for the last, like, five years. Uh, so it's just, it's cool to see them have, like, you know, one one more thing um, that's not just Shovel Knight, which, by the way, still isn't done yet. This looks a lot like The Messenger. Am I wrong? Yeah, I don't, know, like, uh, how Pixel Art Ninja Games, like, they're gonna look like the messenger. <laughs> but Fair. I, I mean, I th- I think it also has a lot of the same. Like, it looks as though there's, you know, a lot of um, like combining of combat and traversal, uh, which is the thing that I loved most about the messenger. Um, so I mean, you know, I'm 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 here for it. I'm I'm very interested to see uh what this game looks like. Nintendo launched their E3 2019 website, which not that far away at this point, just no. a couple of months. Mm-hmm. Um, but it doesn't really reveal too much information about their plans or for their booth or for their Nintendo Direct. They did announce two tournaments, the Super Smash Brothers Ultimate World Championship 2019, uh, three versus three, and Splatoon 2 World Championship 2019 on June 8th, which is the Saturday before E3 officially begins. Yeah, and that's um, a lot of the same stuff that they were doing last year, uh, which, great, uh, there's, there's no arms tournament. I guess we're not supporting party punches anymore. Well, I mean, when ARMS 2 is sure to be announced oh, at uh, this year's E3, why bother? Right, and the booth is all going to be ARMS 2, of course. Uh-huh. What a disappointment that would be. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like people would riot. <laughs> um, hey, remember how Joker from Persona 5 is coming to Super Smash Bros. Ultimate? Yeah. Well, we have two tiny nuggets of information about that. Uh, the first is that the website for the DLC has been updated. Uh, the release date for the first DLC pack used to say something like approaching April, mm-hmm. and now it just says approaching dot dot dot. Okay, so what? Let's speculate wildly. Does this mean uh, we can no longer expect the DLC in April, or does it mean 
approaching expected now. I know. Weird. I have no idea. Why would they change this? I don't know. Unless it was delayed, is what I'm thinking. Yeah. That it's no longer coming in April. It seems like it could only be bad news. But we were promised by the end of (laughs) April. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. But Best Buy has leaked an image of what could be Joker's full in-game render, uh, which Nintendo has yet to reveal. So has it, was it an amiibo, amiibo announced for this? N- n- well, we, we know that there will be an amiibo for all the DLC characters, oh, uh-huh. but they, they, have, <clears throat> excuse me, they haven't shown uh, the Joker amiibo or really confirmed that, yes, there will be a Joker amiibo, but we know that there will be amiibo for all the characters, uh-huh. and we know that Joker is one of those characters. They just haven't said, yes, here's a Joker amiibo, and this is what it looks like. Gotcha. But Best Buy is showing off uh, you know, a, an image of, I guess, to advertise the DLC which includes uh, an image of Joker. So, so yeah, uh, people are speculating that maybe we'll hear more. Maybe there'll be like a Smash, Smash, Smash Direct or something coming uh, up soon. Uh, Smash uh, DLC Pack 1 Direct. Uh-huh. I mean, here's well, the thing. Version yeah. 2.0 is also supposed to be coming pretty soon. And where's that iPhone app? Huh? Oh, yeah, great. Smash World. Yeah, where is Smash World? Yeah. And also, at some point, they're going to have to talk about what the other DLC characters are, right? right? Mm-hmm. Um, do you think that they do that as part of the DLC character pack one? Or, like, how much... Is it is it is it free hype anytime they want? That, like, they can cash that check at any time? Yeah, I kind of feel like it. Yeah. So maybe they, they can spread all of this out. They right. Can, they can uh, wait until they are ready to push uh, the first character pack. And then do that, wait a month or two, and then announce the new character. Yeah. And we'll just bite on it every time. Uh, in August of 2016, all three versions of Dogs plus Cats disappeared from the North American 3DE shop, 3DS eShop. No one knows why. Nope. But uh, under similarly mysterious circumstances, all three have shown back up on the US or on, yeah, on the North American 3DS shop. Yeah. And again, no one knows, no, no one knows why. This is weird. Very weird. Um, do you ever mess around with Nintendogs? No, no. I didn't buy it on the DS or uh, the 3DS version. I had a, uh, a, a Nintendog on the uh, DS uh, named Lena. Um, she was great. I loved her dearly for three weeks and then forgot she existed. Um, and when I read this news item, I was momentarily uh, really interested in going and picking up uh, a, a version of Nintendogs for a 3DS. Um, so we're going to check in with me next week to see if I've gone crazy and actually done this and had a make-believe dog in my video game system. I bet you would have a blast. And there, are they selling it for 20 bucks at this point? I or? think so. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I mean, why not have a virtual dog? Here's, a, here's two great things about Nintendogs. One, they never grow up. They're puppies forever. And number two, they also never die. You can leave them alone forever. They'll pee on the floor. They will become disobedient, but they will never die. Yeah, Lena's somewhere. Uh, geez, is she somewhere? <laughs> I guess probably, right? My, I sold that uh, or traded that back into a, a GameStop somewhere. It means there could be someone else out there taking care of my Nintendog. Is that weird? <laughs> uh, we found out recently that the new Samurai Showdown is headed for Switch, along with all the other current generation consoles. But SNK announced a Samurai Showdown Neo Geo collection uh, coming to all the same platforms as well. That's very cool to me. Um, I, I'm 
semi-excited about a, a new Samurai Showdown game coming out. Um, but what I really like are the... Uh, I really only played Samurai Showdown, Samurai, Samurai Showdown 2, um, but the there are four other games in that collection that I would be uh, super excited to play on anything, but definitely on Switch. So it's a total of six Samurai Showdown games. Uh, Digital Eclipse, the developer behind the Mega Man Legacy Collection, Street Fighter 30th Anniversary Collection, and the Disney Afternoon Collection. All three are collections that I own. Is in charge of the project, and online play will be supported. There's also a museum mode, which features unique and exciting bonus content. Uh, so I'm very much into this. Uh, I'm sorry I made you read that, and I'm sure you have very little interest in Samurai <laughs> Showdown. <laughs> Well, you know, Patrick, did you think that Ugh. the Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Games were dead? I did. Because they're not. Oh. Please don't think that anymore. I did think it. Uh, Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Games Tokyo 2020 has been announced and is coming to the Switch by the end of the year. Uh, this is the first Mario and Sonic game since 2016's Rio de Janeiro Olympics. And it's also the first for the series on Switch. Um, so this is after taking uh, two years ago Winter Olympics off. Uh, just because winter olympics are boring and winter olympics are boring this is true and it was also like a weird time for nintendo oh yeah that's true like what were they going to put it out on wii u right at, at the end of its life cycle probably not yeah that's a really good point um, um but i'm just thinking like as far as like video game sporting events go there you don't think there's like a lot of market for like sonic doing the luge I think it's just less like dynamic than seeing Bowser do rhythm gymnastics. I'm just there's a biathlon where you ski and shoot stuff. <laughs> I I could see Waluigi in that. Yeah, he'd be good. I feel like Waluigi's into like guns and knives and stuff. That does seem right, and it makes me like him less. On Monolith Soft's J Japanese Twitter account, they confirmed they're hiring developers to work on a game in the Legend of Zelda series. Uh, Monolith Soft contributed to Breath of the Wild, and there are rumors that a Breath of the Wild follow-up is in the works for next year. Okay, I think a lot to break down here. Um, Monolith was involved with Breath of the Wild? Yeah, I think just like on... Well, I don't know exactly the extent of their um, involvement, but they definitely had experience with like open-world games previously, so I sure. don't know if it was more on like the tech side. But yeah, they, they did lend a hand with Breath of the Wild. Um, and the uh, the job listing the developers that they're hiring are specifically for a Zelda a game in the Zelda series? Yeah, th there's just like a straight up Legend of Zelda logo. Oh, all in right. the recruitment. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, that's that's smart recruiting. That's uh, I would be interested in working on a Zelda game. I, I am hoping. Mm -hmm. Well, I guess not hoping. I'm sure I'll be delighted whatever the game is, but it would be cool if this is like a, uh, maybe not specifically like Majora's Mask, but kind of that sort of taking the bones of Ocarina of Time, turning it into Majora's Mask, taking the bones of Breath of the Wild and turning that into like something similar but different. Yeah, and I, I like that the... Uh, I, I hope that it is also something like that just because uh, I have played many hours of uh, Breath of the Wild, but I feel like I have not had enough of that formula. Like, give me more of that formula and I'm there. Like, tweak it just a little bit, uh, and I will engage with that again. Yeah, like, something I think we had talked about maybe on this show is Breath of the Wild, the Hyrule is very barren. Yes. And what if you just, like, reverse that and make it, like, you're in a big uh, city. Yeah, just one big city. It's just, city. like, teeming with people. 
Man, I mean, that would be insanity. It would be so hard to do. And you're like Link Spider-Man. Ooh. <laughs> I'd be down for Link Spider-Man. Give me them uh, double claw shots. Yeah, exactly. Long shots? What are they called? Hook shots. Hook shots. <laughs> Party punch. Claw shot. <laughs> Finally, if you're a U.S. subscriber to Amazon Prime uh, or Twitch Prime or either of them, because if you are a subscriber to Amazon Prime, you get Twitch Prime included. Um, you can get a free year of Nintendo Switch Online. For free. For free. Uh, it works on individual accounts, but not on family accounts. Mm-hmm. And you go to the website, you initially get three months for f- free, and then 60 days later, you can come back and redeem the last nine months. So, like, you really got to be engaged with this thing. Yeah, well, I think part of the reason they're doing that is because you can buy Prime on a month-by-month basis oh, okay. for, like, 14 bucks or something like that sure so if people did that got the got free the, free year yeah. yeah got it so you're at least like paying more than the 20 dollars that the switch right. subscription would cost for a year um i'm an amazon prime subscriber oh yeah i've already got my three months free because it stacks if you oh, really? already bought the full year it stacks oh so i should definitely do this right now yeah because uh, you'll just get three months added to your subscription and then Another after nine 60 months, days. After 60 days. Yeah, okay. You do have to, after the 60 days, you have to go back to the website and redeem a new code. Okay, all right. So that, it doesn't just happen automatically. But that's um, pretty cool. Yeah, that's cool, because then, you know what? You can play Tetris 99 for free. Exactly. And maybe you don't have Amazon Prime, but your parents do. And there's a really good chance that your parents are not going to use this uh, one year free of Nintendo Switch Online, so... I mean, this is true of, of most parents for sure, but uh, we can even take parents out of this equation. You know someone who has Amazon Prime oh, who yeah, does not sure. have a Switch. Yeah, very true. Coworker. Yeah, so just like get asking people. Be like, hey, when that was shipped to you, did you pay for shipping? <laughs> Find out. Yeah, be real discreet. Yeah, <laughs> no one will know what you're up to. <laughs> Those think you're a real, real weirdo. Uh-huh, and then just tell them, no, you just want to watch The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Yeah. And everybody will get that. Right. So they'll give you their their password. And then, uh, you know, you can also do that. You can also watch that show. You can get this under false pretenses, what we're saying. Absolutely. Have we become shills for Amazon? (laughs) All right, Mark, let's get out of the news. Okay, that is going to do it for this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Remember, please rate, review, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, all that wonderful stuff. We um, love it when you do. If you like this episode, please share it on Facebook or Twitter. Um, that helps us out tremendously. That's how new people find out about this show. Um, uh, you can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Patrick underscore Ellers. Mark is at MK Mitchell, and the show is at Nin Cart Society. Our Facebook page is just Nintendo Cartridge Society. Olivia Duncan made our logo. Our theme music is provided by 8-Bit Betty. You can get more of his music by going to 8BitBetty.com or by listening right now. For my co-host, Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Eller saying, whoever's got my Nintendo, you treat her right, or I will find you. And thanks for listening. Campfire.